Speaking of reliability, a podcast with good friends talking with you about reliability engineering topics. Welcome to Speaking of Reliability. This is Fred Schenkelberg. And this is Greg Hutchins. <laughs> hey, um, do you have a favorite boss? I know you've been consulting and on your own for quite a while, but maybe client would be another way because they're technically a boss when we're consulting. But do you have a characteristic or a, a, somebody you point to that is like your favorite, that, that one you just followed to the end of the world kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So I've had all types of bosses and some great, some were leaders, some were bosses, some were death march bosses. <laughs> <laughs> and probably over the years, I became the latter, which is a little bit of an embarrassment. But yeah, one of the best bosses I had was an SVP for one of the large firms, consulting firms. And he would also, he would always ask one question. What problem are we trying to solve today? Yep. And that became ingrained in me really early in my 20s as a worker. A great boss had basically half-hour meetings with him weekly. Basically, they were chats about uh, how's the weather, what's on your mind, how are you doing, mm -hmm. what can I do to support you? That yep. was it. And uh, over the years, really liked working for him. Um, Worked with them on all types of work, basically left me alone and left our team alone. So that was great. Um, on the other hand, I've had bosses who micromanaged me, which <laughs> uh, didn't work out well. But over the years, I've had great bosses. Absolutely. How yeah. about you, Fred? Yeah, a couple of similar ones. I think one of my favorites by far, um, she would... And she knew I was in the office early and, and she would show up early every now and then and uh -huh. just swing by where my office was and say, Hey, what you working on? And after a while I learned that if I had a question, uh, like I'm struggling with this or I'm just, you know, I'm not sure about the approach on this or how do I, you know, who's a good resource for something like that? Um, at first she would never answer the question. And she never, ever did after that. I realized she wasn't answering the question, which what she did that was brilliant in my mind, looking back on it, is she would reframe whatever it was I was struggling with such that I was looking at it in a way that I could see the answer. And, and I don't know, she's an amazingly brilliant person uh, with great experience. And she more than likely could have just said, oh, go to page 87 and look up the answer here. This, I wrote about that, you know, 10 years ago. Um, she had great experience, great background. And, but part of her style was if you learn how to view the problem properly, you can solve it yourself, you know, or find the path to solve it. And so I cherished those oftentimes only two minute interactions right um mm -hmm. but it was it was um and i've had different styles of folks there's folks that said you know hey this is what we're trying to accomplish you know let's all grab the rope together and move it and and, and let's like any ideas oh okay if we put handles on this it's easier okay that's a good idea let's try that you know, willing to experiments, letting you take risks and, and, and fail. And it's okay. We learn from it. Um, 
in in my military career, I worked for a commander that said, um, when you're faced with a decision, you uh-huh. either make the right decision, which is great. Pull, you pull on your experience and you do the right thing and you move on. And, or you make the wrong decision and it doesn't work out. And you have to learn from that, to, and that's that's okay. And you, you will make mistakes. It's bound to happen. We have to make lots of decisions, and you're going to make mistakes. And as long as you're learning from it, then you're you're okay in my book. And and then he would reinforce that by, hey, that didn't work out so well. What'd you learn? <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> you, you just got to know that that's, it was okay and that we would talk about it and figure out what to do next. He says, the only thing you can do that will garner my ire, he had a command of the English language I never could muster, um, <laughs> that he would say, is you're faced with a decision is when you don't make a decision. Because that in itself is a decision, but you cannot ignore making decisions. And we were, I was a battery commander in the army, and he mm-hmm. was a battalion commander, and he says, the the, the th- worst thing you can do in this job is not make decisions. And that has always stuck with me. And I know I will make mistakes and that's okay. And so it's, but it it was, it was, that was, those two were probably my pivotal examples. And there's plenty of others that have plenty of stories about good and bad, but the, those people, I don't know if they were managers or leaders in the way we think of those two different terms in general. Um, They were my boss, my manager. Um, Both of them tended to lead. They said, you know, here's the culture we want to do. This is the type of behavior we're doing. This is the way we approach problems. They showed the way and then got out of the way. Wow. Would that be a leader? Interestingly. Um, I, <laughs> I, the leaders that I saw, unfortunately, at a very high level, quite, quite often were chameleons. They had extraordinary technical abilities, way, way above the herd, mm-hmm. uh, three sigma out. But they were also chameleons, meaning they could situationally read a group of people or read a person. and tailor their response to that person. Now, I had another leader, ex-Marine Corps um, uh, light colonel, uh, who basically would say, when we had a meeting, uh, if two of you are, if (laughs) the two of us are thinking alike, one of us is not needed. Right. And then he would look at me (laughs) for the implication that it wasn't him. Well, what are you going to do in that situation? You're going to disagree with that? Just... To, you know, <laughs> yeah, he put you on the spot right at the start, but I know what he means. I, I get the idea. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, that time I was running a hundred million dollar job. That was years ago, construction job, and uh, he was head of engineering. And uh, you know, uh, I got the idea very quickly that I had to make res- make uh, make decisions. Most of the time, make them right. <laughs> well, that, but it's also you have to be willing to, you know, it's the opposite of being a yes man is being in a group that says, all right, you're the boss. We'll do it your way, no matter what. And even if you don't agree, you just don't say anything and go on. I think what he's looking for, at least I'm interpreting it as, is that if you don't agree, 
say something, you know. <laughs> and, you know, even the way I had to bring up uh, challenges to him that I was facing in the job, I had to be very careful hmm. because um, there was a penalty fee if I made the wrong decision. There was a penalty if there were cost overruns on the job or what mm -hmm. we could change orders. So I had to be very, very careful. Mm -hmm. uh, you're back to your question. Have I known many leaders? Um, very, very few. Um, <laughs> the ones that I saw at the executive level that really reached, say, senior management, senior executive management were chameleons. Um, and of course, you know, um, I could see through the charade because I worked with them with a, for a long time. Mm -hmm. But the people who were under them, maybe two levels below them, uh, didn't see it, you know. But uh, they had that ability to read a situation, read a person, read a group of people, and come up with the right persona, almost an avatar, right? <laughs> well, I mean, there's something to be said about being an effective communicator is you have to meet your audience where they are. And that's, yes. that's the skill, and it can be learned. Um, I don't think that qualifies as a leader, though. Then what is leader, Fred, from uh, your point of view? From my point of view, um, one of the definitions I ran into years and years and years ago is a very good leader is somebody that convinces you to do something without you knowing you're being convinced <laughs> to go, then to think it's your idea and then just go do it. It a leader is somebody that um, maybe has a strong vision or an idea of what needs to be accomplished or how it should be accomplished or whatever that is, and they could be anywhere in the organization, right? <laughs> and the example of a poor leader is somebody say, do it my way or the highway, right? They have a, a vision, they have an idea of the way it gets done, and they say, you do it my way or not. And then they, they create uh, captives that just kind of drudge along and do what they say if they accept that. Whereas in my mind, a good leader, because mm -hmm. you can be a bad leader, I think a good leader is one that says, I'm going to you know, help you engage with this idea, this thing that we want to accomplish, this create this product or, or, you know, build this building or whatever it is. And some of it is answering the question, what's, what's in it for you? You know, the with them, what's in it for me type question. And so people say, Oh, okay, we can do that. Some of it is change management saying, this is, this is why we're doing this. This is what the benefits are for you, for everybody involved and so on. Some of it is the, encouragement and enablement that people then can take action and, and make decisions and help create what whatever it is that the the objective is or what sort of another. A, a leader is somebody that gets a group of people heading in the similar direction to for some common objective. And it might be my military background is that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And part of it is comes from that if you're, you know, a platoon leader and you got 10 people with you and you're charging a hill, you don't have time to sit down and discuss and brainstorm all the best tactics and what's the next decision <laughs> and everything else. You need to have 10 people that can assess the situation, make good decisions, all with the eye towards whatever the, comp the objective is. And a leader creates that culture so that it happens. Uh, a manager just gets them all there with all the right equipment. <laughs> Right, a leader 
in, has that enablement and 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 um, common understanding of what needs to be done and, and the skills to go about doing it. A manager makes sure they're paid on time and get three meals a day. Yeah, you know, it's different to me. That's that's military background, but leaders in business have a very similar, um, like the 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 my boss that I really enjoyed. She would come by, and it was those subtle conversations and and in encouragements and and recommendations and oh, you should talk to so and so, kind of thing she did that was enabling me to accomplish her mission. But I never felt like I was being assigned to go do it. But I would do if, you know, if, if she said in our annual meeting, this is, these are some of the things we need to go do. I had a pretty good sense that I was already set up to make that happen. But it never, ever felt like I was put on or, or told what to do. That, that to me was a, a really good leader. <laughs> and that brings up the question of what makes a good employee? Is it the ability to manage up, manage across, or manage down? So a quick story. Um, and this basically is Margo, my daughter. She's 22, got her first job internship, and she's going through lots of interviews. <laughs> yeah, we'll learn what people are doing and who's in the company and what are they. Yeah, that's all good. Absolutely. And she's got an expression that she's been using. And, you know, what we brought up the term with them, what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. And she uses the expression with you, what's in it for you. Yeah. And she sort of coined the term and uses it almost in every conversation in the company. You know, so obviously getting some impact and attention. Mm -hmm. But that's basically could be one form of leadership, which is managing across, down, as well as up. Yep. Um, you know, looking out for the other person, what do they need, mm -hmm. and delivering on that. Yep. You know, because that way is a form of, again, going back to our previous uh, <laughs> podcast, is a form of networking. Yep. Building trust, building rapport, ensuring that, you know, the mission is taken care of, whatever that is, right? Right, right. You know, not looking out for yourself, but looking out for the other person and what's what's right for the group. Anyway, just a thought. Yeah, no, it, no, it's good. Um, now I, I'm I'm also thinking that, um, part. I mean, the title of this one was manage manager and leader. Uh -huh. They, I think leader. Like this example with Margot could be anywhere. It could be anywhere in the organization. Intern, uh, a, a sole reliability engineer in a corporation. It could be a technician on a production line. Uh, it could be pretty much everybody has the has the capacity or ability or um, could uh, the potential to be a leader and, and to affect change and to accomplish objectives and so on. Um, managers are all, in our culture anyway, are almost always synonymous with somebody that's labeled a manager. They're the first level supervisor or a boss or a, a, a vice president or something like that. They're in the management track. Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. um, some of those managers are leaders, not all. <laughs> I know way more managers that, <laughs> 
spend inordinate amount of time trying to figure out who gets to sit where and how, how to make payroll and, and what kind of raise to incentivize somebody with the next time or, you know, just shuffling the deck chairs kinds of activities in the big picture of things and completely miss part of their um, duty in the role they're playing is to lead the group or lead their, the folks that they're managing. And I, I think to me, a manager is, does the administrative work of managing, a, of, of organizing a group, but they don't provide insight or inspiration or enablement or anything else. Well, just for a sort of a brief second, I just want to say um, <laughs> when you've got a large group of people and you've got to meet your quarterlies, you know, meet your numbers, mm-hmm. uh, which can be sometimes very brutal because you've got a boss who's telling you, you know, you've got a P&L, a profit loss statement, and you, this is what we want you to make. Right. Uh, at that point, you become sort of a, di- a, <laughs> a director type of manager, right, where things are laid out to people and, you know, here are the metrics, here are the KPIs you have to make, yeah. especially if they're financials. Yeah. But I want to, can I bring up a new thought? Sure. Um, Peter Drucker, many years ago, uh, said the most important thing for a person is self-management. So how would you look at that? Um, you know, the ability to uh, take care of self-care, self-reflect, well, there's, yeah, there's a bunch of different aspects of that. Greg. I, I, in my mind, when me it comes to mind is that, you know, if you need to learn something, you, you go learn it. If you need to experiment with something to learn from that, whether it's making a presentation or in the lab, you know, you set it up and run it and go do it. it to me, self-management is you don't ask permission. <laughs> you ask forgiveness. It's kind of my, been my motto is if I really want to, you know, meet expand my network going back to our last episode and I want to go to this conference, mm-hmm. but my manager is worried about travel budget and won't, it won't decide to approve or not approve it. Um, I just buy a plane ticket and go, <laughs> you well, know, <laughs> so self-management for me is if somebody else is not going to lead, I will. If somebody else is not going to uh, manage decisively, I'll mm-hmm. decide. <laughs> And and as I did, I'd manage it. That's what it means to me, but that might be just me. But that goes back to the culture of the organization. What happens if you're introspective and introverted and you don't want to self-manage yourself? Well, those people, I and I ran into folks like that in this group I was in. Um, and we had um, uh, that boss I really, really liked. She was running the group and she had five managers under her. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I worked for one of them that just could not make a decision and nobody <laughs> wanted to work for the guy. You know, <laughs> it was, it was a com- combination of microman. He complained that I had too many ideas. That was one of his feedback to me. It was in my annual re- review is that I, I have just too many ideas. Okay. You, you guys set up this competition to see who could have the most ideas for future projects. Wasn't mm-hmm. that the point? <laughs> he goes, well, you had too many. Okay, well, whatever. So I went to my director and said, you know, this isn't working. And she goes, yeah, I know that. Um, you can manage yourself. So we were, myself and one other guy, started uh-huh. the uh, our self-managed group. 
and eventually we had so much, so many things going on, so many projects going on. She goes, she said, you know, you're doing great. Everything's wonderful. I don't have any complaints, but you really need a manager because, you know, somebody's got to take care of all the administrative stuff. And so she said, you go hire your own. If one of you two don't want to be the manager, and we looked at each other like, no way, death knell, we're engineers. <laughs> he said, you go, go find your manager. And, and so we did. And, and it was, ended up being a, another great leader uh, experience. So that worked out really well. But yeah, self-managed to me is, is you have to do that whether you've got a good manager or leader or not. You have to manage your own career. I think whether it's within the, your project that you're working on or the group you're working with, but in the long term, nobody else is going to tell, tell you when you need to change jobs or when you need to try out a new uh, you know, challenge or whatever. You got to <laughs> figure that out. Yes, yes. So the bottom line is there's a lot of concepts around management and leadership. And it basically can be contextual, you know, where you sit, where you stand. Yeah. And are you one of the favorite few? Because, you know, if you're not one of the favorite few, uh, your leader might just simply be a manager because you don't like him or her. <laughs> yeah, or that's their only interaction with you is completely administrative. Right? Absolutely. Where with the people that they're mentoring, they're actually perceived as leaders. That's a good point. Well, I've been on both sides, you know, both on the manager's side as well as the subordinate. And in both both situations, I'd rather be the <laughs> the high potential employee that's being mentored as opposed to the one that's uh, being excluded from meetings. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot to be said for that. <laughs> you know, it's and, and you did mention that. I mean, there's so many aspects to this, and this is just it's not. You know, twenty minutes is not enough to do justice to it, uh, but certainly not a, a, a you know a cartoon meme on on a, a social media platform doesn't do it justice either. But I think there's so many different points to this, uh, and I we'll have to come back to it. But in the meantime, if we ask our listeners, what would they like to know about it? You know, combination of what's your best and worst leaders. That might make an interesting book in and of itself. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Or videos, or more podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and another question I have that I should probably make a note is, is can you help your boss become a good leader? Can you, you know, manage up so that they become the leader that you need kind of thing? Um, but if you're listening to this, if you got some questions in and around this area, and, and I'm going to tie it into reliability just with one comment is, is that uh, reliability engineers have a unique perspective Perspective across many organizations that very few in the organization have. So you can take on that leadership role much easier than somebody that's working as an electrical engineering designer that's only doing one circuit, for example, and that's their task. Whereas we often get to see so many other things that actually seeing the opportunities to be a leader is, is actually pretty easy, in my opinion. But that may be a subject for a whole other a uh, whole series of podcasts. But anyway, if you got a question on this or insight or observation or something like that, let us know. Head over to ascendoreliability.com slash go slash SOR. Or you could find Greg or I on LinkedIn or on our about pages on Ascendo. Lots of ways for you to get in touch with us. And we'd certainly like to hear from you uh, on this topic or on any other of the 775 other topics we've talked about in this, this uh, podcast series. 
um, we certainly would like to hear from you. Um, so with that, Greg, I think we'll, we'll wrap this one up. I'm going to go lead my way over to wherever lunch is being served today at the house. It might be outside. Me too. Lucky you. So anyway, <laughs> uh, thank you very much. This was a fun topic. Um, I'd like to know what type of self-management challenges are you having in life or work? So just a thought. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Yeah, that would be a good one to talk about. All right. Cool. We'll look forward to hearing from everybody. Thanks so much, Greg. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. Thanks much. Bye-bye now. Thanks for listening to Speaking of Reliability. We invite you to join the conversation. If you have a question or a topic that you think we should discuss in a future show, please let us know. You can find a comment box below the episode show notes or just leave a note as part of a review on iTunes.